welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Got a project to plug? Want to advertise on the podcast? Hit me up! We'll make it happen! Feel like sponsoring? Let's make that happen, too. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, follow us on Twitter, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. You can find her backstage interviewing some of Nightlife's finest, but this Barry is coming to a screen near you. Time to have a chat with the little patch of heaven herself, Strawberry Fields. How are you? I'm well, how are you? What a lovely introduction. <laughs> My pleasure. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, I'm, do- I'm hanging in there. I mean, we're still in this weird, I don't even know what phase number we're in anymore, what, a, what, we, what you can do in this phase number, but... I think I call it three and a half, maybe. Sure, let's go 3. with that. 3.2. <laughs> But yeah, I, I am hanging in there and I'm, I'm enjoying life. And how are you, more importantly? Uh, yeah, I'm honestly, really all we can all do is just hang in there. Yeah. Um, I've been doing, you know, uh, some of my, on my Instagram, I've been doing sing-alongs with Strawberry for right. like, you know, the hand hygiene thing, singing mm-hmm. 20 to 30 seconds of songs. That's kept me busy. Um, it's very interesting when you are in full drag Mm-hmm. And you're not leaving anywhere, going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> leaving, yeah are, are, anywhere. Are, are you one to get into full full drag, or are you like? So what? it was interesting that so when we were when I was like filming my PSA for the last show I did. Yeah. Um, you know I I am in full drag except like even pads and everything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the the leg shaving we sometimes skip on. All right. Um, all right. So it's, I'm like, we, one time we were doing some pictures for Sync Along and I noticed that my legs were sort of visible. It's like, we've got Bushman situation going on. We need to cut those pictures down. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to learn a little bit about you and have the listeners learn all about you. Um, well, so we're going to start from the very, very beginning. Where are you from? I am from Little Town. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm from a, a small suburb of Dayton called Bellbrook, Ohio. Okay. And I am one of three children. My, uh, I have an older brother, a younger sister who now has two of her own children. Mm-hmm. My parents are still together, living the, their, their best life in Bellbrook, Ohio, in their little soapbox house. Um, and you know, went to high school, did the whole shebang, went to art school for a little while, and then I got into performing. So, what were you like as a child in Ohio? Um, loud. Loud. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, being a middle kid because I was the one in the middle, and being a I don't like to say black sheep. I like to say a sparkly rainbow sheep. Yeah, absolutely. Um because I was a little bit more electric than everyone else, uh, I needed some of that attention and we weren't getting that attention. So when we wouldn't get it, we just crank open that jaw. Yeah. <laughs> to my, much to my mother and father's chagrin sometimes. Um, my mom said when I was a little, little kid, I used to just, we would be going through the department store and I would at full voice just scream out of nowhere <laughs> for no reason. Okay. And, and my mom said, it would just catch her off guard. She'd just be walking through like the underwear and all of a sudden I scream. And I was like, well, no wonder I screamed. It took me through, through women's underwear. Now look at me. It, it's all because of those trips. 
Uh, you mentioned going to art school. Where did you go? I went to the Columbus College of Art and Design initially okay. for animation or what they call time-based time media. Okay. Um, I, I did not finish. I, uh, I went to, I just went for two years and then I kind of decided that it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I started, I had always through high school been a vocal performer. That was like my basketball, like my extracurricular. I took vocal coaching. Um, and that's really what I did through junior high and high school. And my last real actual vocal lesson was in high school so i haven't had like a complete formal lesson since 1998 okay um which is crazy because <laughs> i can't believe that i'm getting paid to sing here and there <laughs> i haven't had like a formal lesson in that long uh i i i learned by ear so okay. that kind of helps because i don't read music but i got bit by the performing bug when i was living in columbus and started doing some children's theater there and was getting paid and yeah. I was like, are you kidding? I get to dress up and sing songs and like make kids laugh and get paid? This is amazing. That's pretty cool. It's rare yeah. for some artists sometimes. I know, like all of the people who were the sycophants of our drama teacher in high school, whose name yeah. I shall not, you know, <laughs> mention, Baltimore. Um, none of them are performing in New York now. Bloop, there we go. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to I want to go back to the animation because that's that's something exciting because like I'm I know you have a little love for Disney, mm -hmm. a big what love. what what is what was your dream going to uh, get a degree in animation? Honestly, <clears throat> my two big goals were excuse me, <clears throat> my two big goals were I wanted to be a design a character designer mm -hmm. or a director, which was basically par for the course for everybody who wanted to go into that program. So you had to, you had to be like exceptional. Um, but it was, it wasn't bringing me as much joy as I thought it was going to, uh, mainly because the business was really changing. Cause I went to, sure. I went to college in 98 and I loved hand-drawn animation. It was what I grew up with and right. what I know. So they were moving us all over to 3D animation and it really, I, I got cold feet. Because gotcha. <laughs> technology kids, uh, she, you know, Miss Fields is good at a lot of things, but technology she is not. So it's a little intimidating. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Now, obviously Disney is a love. Um, were you a fan of like the Bluth um, movies? Oh my God, Don Bluth was the reason yeah. I got into animation. Not, not the Disney. No. Okay. I All actually right. think, I... Um, obviously it was not my first animated, my first animated movie obviously was a Disney movie. Sure. I don't remember what my first animated movie experience was, but I remember my first memorable animated movie experience as a very young kid. And it was The Secret of Nim. Okay. And okay. I was too, I was, I, that movie came out, uh, I think, the year, maybe the year after I was born. So I was, like, only one. I was way too little to go to the movies then. My parents were wise. And so I remember seeing it on HBO when we had it. And I was glued. First mm -hmm. and foremost, I think I was a magpie in another life. Because that movie is so littered with sparkles all over the place. Yeah. I was just like... Uh, but it was just the fact that 
one of the things I'd always kind of been, I don't want to say against, because, oh my God, all the, all the Disney fans are going to come for me. Um, I'm not a big animal movie fan. Okay. Um, like, Lion King wasn't really one of my favorites. Uh, and sometimes anthropomorphic characters I can, I can get away with, you can get away with. But the way that Don Bluth always handled his, like, animal characters was in a, such a specific visual way that yeah. I was like, if this person can make me feel this way for a mouse, sure. what are they going to do with other material? So I've seen every single one of his films, short films, things that he's tried to bury from the public because he's ashamed <laughs> of the studios he's worked with, but seen them all. And he's Jeez. actually working on a movie now. He's working oh. on... Uh, Hopefully it will be his magnum opus, but they have, they're doing finally an animated version of, an animated film of Dragon Slayer. Oh, cool. Um, Very cool. Well, don't quote me on that now, because the man's ticking away. He ain't no spring chicken. No, that not movie's at all. Been... <laughs> I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say we're going to have a trilogy of the third movie of a Fible. Oh, Fible I wish. Series. You know, it's such a shame that he didn't even get to do the sequel of that, because Universal... I think maybe he might have asked for a little bit too much money and Universal was like, yeah, we can buy another animation yeah. director. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You would have thought that they would have put the um, Bluth properties in um, Universal, but nope, nope, they didn't do that. No, uh, that was one of the major reasons why they did that, I think. is that like, So one of the problems that poor man had, I believe, is all of the... I don't know if you've ever seen the... Um, documentary waking sleeping beauty if you nope, haven't i'm not you need to watch it on i think it's on on netflix it's magnificent i think they actually have it on disney plus too oh cool um but it, there's a giant section of it that talks about how don bluth basically was the reason why for all intents and purposes that disney was going to go under um it would he he basically recruited all of Disney's top animation team and took them to a new studio, Sullivan and Bluth Studios that he created. Right. Because he didn't think everything was, you know, he grew up in the Disney era. Disney ha hired him himself. So um, I think his first movie, he was like 19, was Sleeping Beauty. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. And just he did anim like artwork. Um, but, the, but Disney saw talent in him, hired him, and then after he had passed and he saw that he saw the studio was being run, he wasn't happy with it, said it wasn't like the old way, and they wanted to go back to that old way. People were like, well, that doesn't make money. So there was a, you know, you know right. uh, an exodus, if you will. Um, so it kind of gave a, left a lot of a, a bad taste in people's mouths, and I think that I think maybe Mr. Disney kind of gave him a little bit of what I call the bankrupt curse because every film he's made, he's come bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's he's possible. made profit off of two major motion pictures. Um, again, could be wrong, but from what I know, I think An American Tale mm -hmm. uh, and Anastasia were like his Probably, two yeah. largest movies. So, yeah. but. I got a lot of my my visual inspiration, not just for drawing, but for drag from Don Bluth. I mean, yeah. you know, he, I don't know, man. I know that his brother did gay art that was very akin to Tom of Finland. And I'm just thinking to myself, I was like, you know, a lot of the female characters he has, especially in Dragon Slayer, if you've ever played that game, Daphne's like a stacked drag queen. Like, 
<laughs> she's got like she she's given me like Bella Noche vibes with that breastplate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's talk about drag a little bit. When did drag en- into your life? So, um, it it really entered my life when I said I would never ever do drag or dress as a woman. Yep, yep. So of course, <laughs> I end up doing it. Um, I was doing theater in mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio, uh, where the Columbus College of Art and Design is, the CAD. Um, I started doing a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, say that five times fast, uh, with a group called the Pleasure Guild. I think they still do stuff, just sidebar. I think most recently they did a production of The Little Mermaid and Nina West, who is a Columbus alum, mm-hmm. was Ursula in that. Oh, so, cool. So we have performed for the same company. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I I was doing a show with Nino West's drag mother, um, Virginia West. Right. Uh, Chris Aquizzi. I don't know if he likes his name. Set <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he was one of the brothers. I was one of the brothers. And he kind of approached me and said, look, we're doing this competition. I think you might be right for this. I think you you should give it a shot. So uh, it was called Who Who Wants Who Wants to Be a Drag Queen, I think like that. Uh, so I came up with a number, I came up with a look, and I won. It was so fun. It was so spread that my first time in drag, I won. Look at you. So it was cool. I actually did uh, Forget About the Boy from Thoroughly Modern Millie, which we had just seen at the Tonys a few weeks prior. Okay. The actual recording of the the show had yet to be released. Sure. So I had learned, knowing, because I pre-ordered the album, I knew when the album was going to come out. I did choreography and with, with what they did on TV, um, based it loosely. I had someone help me because I'm not really a dancer. And then we... Um, then I got the soundtrack and there was like like six whole bars of music that were cut for the Tony Awards. Yeah. It was like, we had three days before the show. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> the person who choreographed for me had like left. I think it, it was summer because it was like June. So he left, he wasn't even there. And um, luckily one of my girl, my female dancers was uh, kind of proficient in tap. So she kind of, filled in those holes yeah so i technically was the very first person to do that number in columbus ohio like i probably actually bought that thing before any other homosexual did (laughs) album (laughs) columbus well that's a great story about uh, a nice young woman coming to new york when did what brought you to new york um well a lot of factors. Uh, first off, I'm from Ohio, so anybody right. would want to run screaming from that red state. Uh, and uh, but really, I was I had been in a relationship with uh, a young man named Jr. Um, we were on a break because I had to move home for mm-hmm. a surgery. Uh, so I was living in Dayton. He was in Columbus, and while he was in Columbus, he passed in a car accident. Oh. So it was, it really shook me. Sure. <laughs> it really shook me for, for multiple reasons. First off, he had never really kind of come 
to fruition with his identity to like his extended family or whatever. Sure. Um, and so I thought to myself, I was like, oh my God, he died in Ohio, not doing any of the things that he wanted to do. He was such a, he wanted, he wanted to be a doctor. He was going to med school. Um, he had all these things planned for himself and boom, you just, you never know. Right. So I thought to myself, actually, just a month later after his passing, a friend of mine was moving back to New York. He had done a tour and he was moving back. Mm -hmm. And he knew that I had always wanted to live in New York. Out of nowhere, he just, he calls me. And he, he asked me, he was like, you know, are, are you still interested in, in moving to Manhattan? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, you know, come, come and live with me for like, you know, three to six months. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll really work out a rent situation for you because I was only going to be sleeping on the couch in this room. Like I slept next to the kitchenette. So it was a very New Yorky kind of experience. Yeah. But um, he was like, you know, come with me. So I literally had two big boxes, two suitcases, and I think like $300. And I came here and, you know, that's really where it started. I just, and I haven't been anywhere since. And it was, yeah. it's interesting that I've actually been in New York longer than anywhere else I've been in my life because my father was in the air force and moved us all over kingdom come. So, um, Ohio, until I moved here, was my longest stint sure. anywhere. And now I've been here for 16 years. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you know. So how yeah. would you describe Strawberry in three words? In three ways? In three words. Three words. Um, oh, wow. That's great. Uh, campy. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, energetic. Yep. Yeah, I like that. And authentic. Nice, nice. Do you have a fun origin story of how you came up with your name? Oh my god, yay. <laughs> this is great. Uh, so, actually, um, Nina West kind of has, can take credit for my oh, nice. name. Now, she is not technically like my, my, my drag mother or anything. Uh, this happened so long ago. I mean, I think that I, I think it was, yeah, it was right when I was starting to do this competition. And part of it was, um, you know, you, if you helped out, like they had like events, like sometimes they had like dancers on Sundays at like Havana bar. Sure. If you helped with like the backstage stuff, then, you know, it, it was, it really boded well for you just to be in the community because it was like you were getting involved you were it was more than just you putting on a wig and trying to right. like make yourself you 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 know a lot of, i think actually i learned from nina and virginia interestingly was that you really learn how to support your queens when you go and see them not in drag sure. when you're doing things as your 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 boy self um or or your alternate you know whomever you are outside of your character then you know that's where you really show your devotion so right. it was like you know i did some things during this you know, it was great because these gorgeous strippers backstage but 
that's neither here nor there. Um, and I was talking about the competition. I was talking about the wig that I had selected. Everybody was throwing out suggestions. And one queen said, well, what, what about Strawberry Hill? Um, and I was like, huh. And all I really can remember was Nina was down there. And I think that she actually was not in drag. I think she was stage managing the, the event. She like turns around, she goes, um, I don't know if she wants to be named after a Boone's Farm wine. <laughs> She's like, why not Strawberry Fields? It's a little more, uh, you know, it's kind of iconic and yep, nobody's absolutely. still using it. So that's really where it came from. Uh, I, and it, it kind of stuck. Um, the thing is, is that Strawberry Hill actually got around Columbus. So it was like, people were like, well, who are you? Strawberry Hill or Strawberry Fields? And I'd be like, I'm Fields. I'm in the Fields. <laughs> okay, I'm in the Fields. One person, my first gig here, actually, I remember telling him this story and he posted uh, a flyer <laughs> that said Strawberry Hill. And I was like, girl, how many did you post? How many of the things did you print? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. It's like, okay. I was like, we're, we're gonna have to do some damage control. Interestingly enough, that event never happened. It got canceled. So, <laughs> you know, lucky. lucky yeah. Me. How long does it take to transform into strawberry? Well, it depends. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm genuine. I'll, I'll be I'm genuine. I'll be honest. So for like something like on camera where I have a ring light and I can you know do a little zhuzhing. Yeah. Um, you know about three and a half hours. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, but you know. Today, I, I did a little extra because you, know, you and I were going to be face to face. Yeah. And I was going to take some pictures today for the, you know, uh, things that are coming up soon. And, um, but yeah, so it used to take me forever, like six hours. Oh, wow. I know. And ever since I shaved off my eyebrows, it's been so heavy. <laughs> it really is. You know, the one thing is, is that people make fun of the boys who shave their brows. And I'm like, I think after you hit 40, like gals like me, why don't you take the brows off and you can place them wherever you want? You just look younger. So, <laughs> you know, even as, even as boysenberry, as I call myself out of drag, I, <laughs> I'll, you know, it's nice. I can look, I, I look a little fresh. Yeah, I, I, every time I see an, uh, a young drag queen remove those brows, I'm like, did you think about everything that goes into it besides <laughs> the drag aspect? I know. And usually um, it's a no. The funny thing was, is that uh, um, <laughs> my fiance actually said, um, well, I don't mind if you shave your brows. It's like, you know, and at the same time, it's like, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, well, it's not like I'm going to be face down with grinder hookups anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. What, like, could you imagine, though, like me <laughs> turning around like, wow, that was great. And I just look like a hairless spider right? monkey like <laughs> It's true. It's true. There, there are a lot of, there are a lot of little twinks out there who shave those brows, and you're like, your yeah. grinder hookups are not going to be happy. From the pillow, and we've now entered like Smurfville. I don't know. Exactly. Do you have any traditions that you have when you get ready? Um, I, I really don't. Interestingly. Yeah, you got a routine. It's just it just happens. You have a routine. I uh, 
normally I just count down how much time I have to get ready when I'm going to be picked up or when I have to be, you know, online sure. as we are now today in these times. Um, but usually I just, what it is is I, I count down. You know, I know yeah. people like to have music on or I used to do movies. Okay. I would um, put on like something that was you know, kind of fabulous, like Legally Blonde, mm -hmm. or I'll, I, like, sometimes I'll watch a vintage movie, like, uh, something like Born Yesterday. Okay. Or, um, you know, How to Marry a Millionaire, like, things Classics. like that. Very vintage-y, but to be honest with you, I'm just, I'm rolling through so much, and once I get, like, once I get moving then it really is just like i don't care yeah like you know that. yeah andre today was like you know what do you want to watch what do you want to listen to i was like i really don't care i'm like got my face up in the mirror like trying to put lashes on <laughs> like i don't care just pick something <laughs> now i always love to be able to shout out um companies and products who or what are some of your favorite products um when you get into drag well i Let's get you some sponsorship I know. Oh, yeah, right. I wish. Uh, well, actually, I have, um, I, I usually use Cryolon Foundation. I think that's we love Cryolon. for uh, a lot of people. Um, grab that for me. Not that, the box. Thanks. Okay, and I actually have been using this interesting thing uh, from Physician's Formula, which is so oh. funny because Physician's Formula is like for people who want to do natural looks. Sure. Um, but I got this whole bit, I mean, I know people aren't gonna be listening to this, but I got this big giant case and it's like everything you need. Oh, wow, that's got a it's lot. Like, yeah, it folds out, there's uh, blushes. Oh, damn, I, that's a I, lot. I, I mean, it's amazing. And um, it was super affordable. It smells delicious. It smells like, it smells like you're on vacation in Florida. Oh, nice, we love that. Um, so I started using that for like my bronzing and things of that nature, kind of highlights and things. But what I do, normally use um, is my Cryolon for my foundations. Cody powder, can't live without it. Mm -hmm. Like it's my favorite, air spun is the best. Um, but as of late, all of my eye looks have been coming from the Kimchi uh, oh, Rainbow cool. Charts collection. And nice. it is, everything so chiffon dior everyone probably knows since mm -hmm. you know work.com and backstage Fury, uh i'm you know chiffon dior and i are extremely deeply close friends and she got that for me and one of the things that she was like there's so many colors in here that are so strawberry like yeah. these neutrals and these bronzes and things like that and then there are these like bright a bright pink bright blue and a couple other ones and literally chiffon said yeah but you're never going to use that first time <laughs> she picked me up i used it i had a blue eyeshadow look and she was like well damn i was like don't tell me i can't do something <laughs> because then she'll do it yeah it was pretty good too i was very surprised at how good that blue looked on me i nice. was like okay i was feeling my vintage barbie like 1950s barbie like feels it was nice so, yeah i mean look at all these rue girls getting their own palettes and makeup lines i know i mean could you just imagine if i had mine all vintagey themed yeah i mean let, one cute. day you never know but i'm telling you though the formula on that kimchi palette is great yeah um, okay uh you know not until i started really watching like people like making tutorials like these beauty 
mm-hmm. uh, influencers where you learn about like fallout and you know what what it feels like so yeah. now i'm like every time i get a palette i put my finger in it and i was like if it's not buttery it's going in the trash <laughs> <laughs> so i i, I want to jump back in time a little bit and talk about um new york's biggest competition that you were a part of so you think uh, you can drag so you think you could drag yeah, yeah. wow i saw some pictures of that that, that we're like tiptoeing up to six years i think almost. yeah it's 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 been a bit but you were part season six correct uh-huh mm-hmm. that was a yeah. that was a big year a lot of, a little controversy i know was um oh involved <laughs> but I... what was that experience like for you so okay well, well the the controversy or the whole thing well the Let's whole go. thing but <laughs> voting gate well yeah i know right oh my god so um i you know so before we go into that <laughs> i actually i i had never met Paige really face to face before and she is a, a giant star yeah here uh, and I'm a huge fan. Um, she is the first drag queen I saw perform here in New York City, which I think a lot of people could say that. I think a lot of people could thank uh, her for their careers too, but we won't get into that. Um, uh, but um, I was doing a, I think I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was at industry and I was in the basement. I don't recall if I was in drag or something because I, I don't know if I had gotten enough press or mm-hmm. like maybe I had been, I was performing. It might've been with Sutton, possibly like a Broadway Mondays or something. Wow. God, I'm dating myself because that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, so <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Anymore? Oh my God. Did I say that loud? Anyway. Um, so uh, we were downstairs there and I remember uh, Paige was there. And first off, I was just like starstruck. Well, starstruck. I was like, <gasps> um, and then of course, you know, you hear your little rumors about people. And so I had, I was a little kind of apprehensive. Mm-hmm. And then when I find out everything that people had said, people who aren't important, by the way, uh, was not true. I was like, this lady is fabulous, talented, and really knows what she's doing in this business and she said i think that you should you know think about applying for the show she's like this is these are the requirements you know there's no and i said well i just don't know if i fit in there and she goes look trust me you know anybody really can do it anyone can just submit you know doesn't guarantee that you'll get in but you know let's see what you have i did it i got in i was very surprised because some of the queens that were like kind of competing were a little bit more well known. I mean, like not so much, but I did realize though that um, because I had such a non-existent fan base and I made it so far there in that competition, it was like people were coming for another queen, but then voting for me. Yeah. Statistically. So it was like a very interesting thing. Um, being able to do something like that every week on that level was, I've done live theater for, for a long, a majority of my life. Yeah. That was like nothing I'd ever experienced. 
because like you have uh, like when you're doing live theater you have an opportunity to go onto that stage and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse your numbers your exit you have less than 30 seconds to everyone because it's such a tight schedule the right. show's gonna run late lots of people are competing so you only had basically blocking time sure so anything that was going to happen was going to happen on that stage and and that's a, that was that was an exciting thing in a way because i started to really learn you cannot control everything uh i'm a Not perfectionist uh i think a lot of us in this business are um but mine kind of like harkens back to like almost a mental illness. I'm so perfectionist and you have to start letting things go. You have sure. to start being like, okay, well I almost fell here and it's on the, in the, the internet ether forever, but you can't control everything that happens. Right. Like, uh, so that was a great lesson I learned during that, during that competition. I was opened up to a, a community that I, Honestly, like I said before, never thought I would really fit in with. Mm -hmm. And while I was progressing in that competition, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making all of these wonderful friends, learning new things and um, figuring out that this is not just like a way to, you know, get clout and be popular. This is a, a real form of expression, Absolutely. artistic expression. I got to do things that I've always wanted to do. That's literally what my game plan was when I got into this. I'm going to do everything I've always wanted to do. I don't care the cost. I don't care what work it's going to be. I want to produce this for the stage and and give people a show every single week. And right. my choreographer for the majority of that, uh, I split it between two. It was uh, uh, Pedro Rangel uh, for the first portion of it. Uh, he used to say to me, um, no matter what, you always bring the show. She's like, you always have a story. You've always got a production, even if it's not an actual production. Yeah. It's, you know, something that, that takes you somewhere. And sure. that, that's what I wanted to do. Um, so it was great. I have to tell you, when I won Broadway Week, I did Shoeless Joe for Hannibal. I was actually wearing this hair. Um, that's how old this wig is. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you, the second those boys lifted me up on their shoulders and that roar from the audience was so loud, you literally felt the riser shaking underneath. <laughs> they put me down. I was like, I could be done now. I'm done. Like, I yeah. win. I don't care. I was like, I don't care. Because it was, that was, like, that was the, of all the years of trying to be the lead in something doing theater that was the first time ever i felt oh my god i'm a star like it was incredible that love bomb from people and i think it was that day that really just totally flipped the switch for me was that yeah. second week and it was it was really a delight um now about voting gate <laughs> um you know I really don't know everything that went on. Sure. That. Uh, the thing that was interesting to me was there was one particular queen whom I will not mention that was really trying to stir the pot there with that. Um, it upset me because the person in question was visibly 
obviously bothered by the suggestion that they had cheated. And um, because it just, uh, in my own, my heart of hearts, I don't believe that any of that was true. Mm -hmm. um, at the bottom line though, because it was so suspect, we did have to have one of our weeks eliminated because that's really at the end of the day, only fair. Even though after we got that, the person who complained still didn't shut up. But again, I digress. Uh, for me, I was just like, I just remember being there. I remember I was dressed up as the devil. <laughs> <laughs> How fitting. I know, like a vintage devil because it was Halloween week. Okay. And um, I just remember, and also being the oldest one in the cast at 35. So that tells you how young those folks were. Uh, I, I was like, listen, who cares yeah. now? All right. We all need to get back into the sister boat. We all need to now focus on our own things that we're doing now for this particular evening. What is done is done. And I personally wouldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't hear of any of it from that yeah. point on. Like any of the, anyone who tried to gossip about it, talk about it. I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry, take that business elsewhere. Um, but the people who stirred the pot and they know who they are, shame on you. Yeah. Do you have any favorite backstage memories from your season? Um, I, so one of my favorite uh, I have a couple. Uh, my One of my favorites was, there was a picture of me, I think it was me, Kimmy Moore, and I think Heidi Ho, and we were all in like, uh, I think the theme for the first week's runway was something along the lines of like, your best dress Hamptons type thing. I don't know, it was like some, I don't know. I. I just had this big, beautiful, wide brim hat on and a floral dress and all this stuff. And we took this adorable picture backstage and it was the first week. And, and I, I, I thought to myself, these girls are fucking fun. Yeah. I, like I was having so much fun. Um, I also remember, oh, there were a lot of duct tape moments backstage. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can imagine. No, I don't. I can't say that those were favorite moments of mine, but they're memorable. They're and memorable. Um, uh, I also think that one of my the things that I actually have to say, I don't know if you, how well you remember that, but Bang was one of our yep. contestants, mm -hmm. and during Broadway Week, uh, Bang was attempting to do this um, defying gravity number on stilts. Okay. Now the poor deer had not the, the, the damn stilts didn't arrive, I honestly <laughs> got to think, until the day of the show. <clears throat> so she'd never really practiced them. She got on that stage and I think we, we we've all seen it. It's she bit. Like yeah. I mean she, she went down like a bag of bricks. But her ass kept going. She went back, got the things off came back on stage and finished the number bloody knee and all and this is, that's like, live theater live are, drag yes live theater period and you are the <laughs> bitch like that's yeah. the thing you do because i have yeah. to tell you right now being as frightened as i was for a lot of those weeks i'll admit it because it, it was very intense i don't know if i had if i had fallen like that i don't know if i would have at that yeah. stage in my life i don't know if i would have gotten back up and i just applauded her for being so brave and creative and trying to do something different. 
Yeah, doesn't and, always and, work. But like thinking outside the box, that's the adventure. Yeah, and she's in Chicago now, I think. Is she in Chicago now? I think and I know at one point she. She lives in Providence. Did she move from Providence? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think last time, because she had done uh, one of the Lady Liberties I judged. I think it was when she was in Chicago. May, I might, might be wrong. Who knows? I mean, can we just, but, for a second, though, can I tell you something about yeah. <laughs> Um <clears throat> So, Bang was was my trait for the season. I was like, <laughs> yeah. he is so hot. He was so hot out of drag. It was embarrassing for me. <laughs> It was like all these young men back here are very attractive. And I was like, good hair, gorgeous. Oh, Lord. And a beautiful queen. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, seeing where Bang has come from, so you think he could drag, it's mm-hmm. like, he, 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 she, she always had a look, like it always had uh, an image. Yeah. But now it's like, it's like, I don't know if Amanda Lepore and Barbie had a baby. Sort of. <laughs> like, you know, she had this one picture of her in this like hand stone dress that she made with a big like fur. And I, I was like, gag me with 13 cocks. I need that outfit. <laughs> and I think right below it, she said something like, please don't ask me for commissions. <laughs> <laughs> smart, smart queen. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I do have to say uh, that I wish would have maybe kind of been more of an occurrence with that competition was i i do know and stay in touch with a lot of those gals um mainly because of backstage barry you know because a lot of those girls they end up finding their own path finding their own careers and Mm -hmm. start working around the city um bang had to drive from provincetown every week because that because she was living out there yeah and I wish that I could have like probably had some more time making friends with some of the people who live further away, like Box of Vine and mm-hmm. um, Bang, because just their creativity and their just total amazing wackadoo out of the box thinking was just such a delight for me to go and watch every week. It's like, what are they doing this week? Yeah. Because every week they were they were handing us something new. So that's what I love about drag. It's it really is anything. Yeah. Now, we're in this pause. We're not really doing live shows um, at bars right now, but if we can go back to normal one day, is there a New York City queen that you've yet to work with that's on your dream list? An inner, a, city, a, city, a queen here that I have yet to work with? That's a good question. Because in my eyes, I think I've sort of worked with them all in mm-hmm. the sense of doing the interviews. Um... Not all, but a lot. Um, 20 new ones every day. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, Let's see. I mean, there are tons of people that I have performed with before that I would love to work with again. Um, Oh, that's so crazy. I can't. I'm telling you, all right. The first person, anytime people say, "Who who would you want to work with?" It's Jackie Cox. <laughs> I mean, why not? I, I've worked with her multiple times. Yeah. I was like, we're like freaking frack in our looks. Like, I'm the redhead, she's the brunette. It's, um, and I I literally adore her. She's yeah. so marvelous to work with and such a joy. Um. Well, I guess I mean, you can say famous Jackie Cox instead of... Famous, the, fam- the famous Jackie yeah. Cox. Who moved America, girl. 
I, sure did. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm here for Cox, girl. I love her. Yeah, that, me girl. too. She's amazing. But anyone I haven't really worked with, <clears throat> I don't think I have actually not worked with on stage Cacophony. Oh, okay. Um, I've worked with Sutton before. I've done her show. Um, I've interviewed Cacophony, but uh, maybe uh, having a chance to do something with her. At That'd one be point, cute. Yeah. Um, because Lord Almighty, she is a firecracker. Uh, sure is. Not just as a per- just not just as a performer, but as a person, as an activist, as a father. Like yeah. just a plus plus. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess yeah. Okay. Roundabout way of saying Cacophony. And, um, you know, and then again, anytime with Jackie Cox. Yeah. <laughs> so you are about to debut your new show, The Strawberry Social, as part of Digital Drag Fest. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. What, what, what can we expect? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of almost as it sounds because maybe it's just because, I don't know, Chiffon and my fiance tell me that I am too humble and my mom says I'm afraid of success um but I feel like every time people come to my shows they're sort of getting to know me each time like my last show was called dedications mm-hmm. where I I you know basically not basically I dedicated my songs to people uh, that I know and love and situations that affect me so the strawberry social is just really a grab bag of all of my classic little fun tunes uh, and it's just really a chance for us to, for me to broaden my audience a bit and, you know, have a chance to just like kind of shoot the shit and just yeah. sing some songs, tell a couple of stories, maybe bring a doll in here or there. Oh, or, you know, I, I love the dolls. Yes. Uh, it's, um, it's going to be kind of, uh, it's going to be a lot of standards and some Broadway um, I think we might do a little bit of pre-recorded stuff. Cool. Uh, since I now I know how to use OBS, <laughs> so we, we might go, you know, out there a little yeah. bit, but something there so I can do a costume change or something. But excuse me, am I gassy? <laughs> can you hear these burps? No, like, I can't <laughs> hear it. You're good. You're good. You can edit that out if you want. If not, it's I don't know. Human interest. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be just a fun free-for-all grab bag where people can just sit and relax and listen to stories and stuff now is this a show that you'd been working on or did the opportunity come and you're like okay let's put something together the opportunity fell into my lap um i uh i you know i sometimes in my life because i'm a human being and we all have faults <laughs> i think that there can be moments where we take for granted the the people we have in our lives and yeah. how lucky we can be because if it weren't for like Siobhan Dior mm-hmm. I really don't think there's a lot of strawberry that would be around right now I mean the So You Think You Could Drag really kick-started me and it, it, it lit a fire but I met Siobhan through so you think you could drag. She right. came backstage and gifted me something that she made by hand. And it was just lovely. I, w- I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, this person is like, 
oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Yeah. I've never had that. Um, but I just feel that every time pe- people meet me, it's a, it's new. Cause I don't think I'm like a celebrity or star or anything like that. Not like some of these other gals in this town who've been working a lot longer and, yeah. you know, and are a lot younger. Cause I got started late. <laughs> I really did. I think about it because it's, you know, Paige and I, we've sort of been in the city, I think a very similar amount of time. Sure. And I spent all of the years where she was building her fan base and career because she's a what? Brilliant fucking business person. Yes, as well, great performer, absolutely. Former. Um, she was building her her milieu and I was, you know, still walking dogs, picking up poop. <laughs> so, you know, I, I started a little late. Um, but yeah. What do you think is so appealing about the a cabaret setting in drag? Well, for me particularly, I'm a live singer. Mm-hmm. I would rather sing live than do lip sync. Um, normally now, when, the only time I do lip sync is when I'm performing with Chester, who most of you might know. Um, but um, I like the intimacy. I enjoy seeing some of my friends' faces out there, like beaming, even though they've heard me sing some of these things a hundred times. <clears throat> and, you know, I just, I I love and appreciate that they are there. Going back to the people that we take for granted, I feel like, you know, this show, I, you know, we're just, I'm having a chance to kind of just grab all my favorite songs, put them together. Because this happened out of nowhere. I mean, we were on the phone. I was, I was taking, I was like taking a hike with uh, my fiance, um, to New Jersey. <laughs> we walked to New Jersey to go to the state park and have a picnic. And, you know, halfway through that journey, I was getting text after text about, hey, this might be a possibility, um, you know. Sure. And we ended up, you know, getting really lucky. Something actually as a sidebar too, on the same token of I'm not really kind of I'm afraid of success or don't really realize who or whom I've affected. But we got that get this gig because Siobhan wrote this lovely write up for me. And she said, let me just remind you something, read through it a couple of times and tell me if I've over exaggerated on anything. And when I realize I <clears throat> interviewed people from like the biggest drag star in this town she knows who she is and um an olivier award winner leslie margarita mm-hmm. like i've interviewed a, a olivier award winner dressed as a lady that's the bomb like come on i'm from bellbrook ohio you know like I, I could have ended up working at a Dairy Queen for the rest of my life. And here we are, I'm interviewing Olivier Award winners. And so she wrote up this list of all the things I've done. She's like, this is your body of work. And this isn't even all of it. She yeah. said, so maybe you should start looking at yourself a little bit differently. 
Um, that's a hard thing to do. It is. It's very hard. Especially in this town where you have an abundance of, of talent just yeah. surrounding you. Absolutely. Um, I feel that getting older, though, one of the things that is kind of a joy of maturing is that I'm starting to settle into the confidence of my own level of performance. I don't feel like I have to compete with people. Also, that's why I don't really, I don't do competitions anymore. Um, I, I like being able to like be myself Yeah. and you know, and touch people, not that way. And, and like a, like in a positive way. Um, so, but we can't do that without our team. Like we have to have our rainbow drag community, which sometimes I find funny because there's a lot of bitchery. But Mm -hmm. I think that at the end of the day, if it came down to brass tacks, I think we would all be there for each other. I would like to think so. I I hope so. I really do. I, I like, you know, I've seen it's when like certain people that you think would never say they're sorry start saying they're sorry you're like yeah i have to go outside the hell freeze over and you know you realize we're not just performers we're we're flesh and blood human beings this is a activity we have selected to do not just to express ourselves but we really do enjoy entertaining people and letting helping them forget what's going on in the world as much as we possibly can it's true um it's an adventure, that is for sure. It, it's a scary one sometimes. It is. It really is. Well, what are some of the biggest differences and even struggles from doing a live show versus a digital show? Um, I'll tell you right now, I love doing digital shows. <laughs> I loved it. Our first digital show that I did, it was... I really loved it. I was like, you know, I just felt that the nerves weren't there as much. I People don't know this about me. I have horrendous stage nerves. Okay. I mean, it, it's almost incapacitating uh, to the point of where I could have worked on a song and a number for weeks and then six seconds before we get on that stage, blank. Yep. All gone. And, you know, it's when you, you hit, the light hits you and you're like, oh, okay, there it is. Yeah. But, yeah, there's good things and bad things about both. The good thing about doing the digital shows is that you don't, get, you don't have to leave your home. Um, you can be a little bit more lax with your application because lighting and distance and so yeah. <laughs> social distance. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you don't get the energy. Right. And um, so my last, that last show that I did, uh, the Cabin Fever, I, you know, realized it was like some of the, the jokes that we were saying, we had a little script and stuff. It really makes a difference when you hear how it affects sure. the people who came to see your show. Um but I do have to say one of the wonderful things about digital shows is climate control. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't have to worry about my face melting off. 
And I'm pretty good about keeping that face on because, you know, I use spackle. But <laughs> um, uh, honestly, it's the last time I performed at the Triad, it was so hot up there. I, yowza. Yeah, I was I like, imagine. oh my gosh, my face is coming off. Um, I had worn, I wore two wigs. Uh, the first one that I wore was a ponytail that had like some little fringe bangs, like a little fringe. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and then I switched to this hair for my, my set. Well, the fringe bangs had wiped off all the makeup. Oh no. Was like for it. And I've got like five minutes before I had to go on stage. And I'm like beating powder into my head. And it was, it was just not covering. I just got so pissed. I like threw everything in the air. <laughs> I was like, mm, I'm done. Yeah. And then I came out, everyone, nobody noticed. Everyone was fine, you know. I think I scared the girls backstage. Ruby <laughs> and and uh, Julia Van Cartier. I think I scared them, but. We're going to play a little game, the first of a couple games we do. Uh, it's called This or That. So I'm going to give you two options, and you're going to pick the one you like better. Okay. <clears throat> Facebook or Instagram. Facebook. Blueberry or Blackberry? Blackberry. Night or day? Night. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Piercings or tattoos? Both. <laughs> Vintage or modern? Vintage. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Beach or pool? Beach. Barbie or Cabbage Patch? Oh, come on. You know the answer to this one. Yeah, Cabbage Patch, duh. <laughs> duh. No, definitely Barbie. Hero or villain? What, oh, hero or villain? Yeah. Uh, hero. Love or money? Love. Work or play? Play. Singing or dancing? Singing. All right. That was this or that. But I'm lucky that work is played. Yeah, that's true. You know. Well, speaking of, what is your signature number? And I want to go like behind the music. How did it become your signature number? And how does it feel to be known for a certain performance? That is interesting. Um, I actually don't know if I have a signature number because I feel like maybe I've tried to have something be my signature number. Okay. It's never really latched or um, I've never really had anybody request a song from me. So I feel like oh, there, there was like something that I, I did a lot of, there would be a request. Um, we'll have to get the fans to start requesting. I can tell you this: one of the songs I performed, uh, uh, there, there are three songs that I have performed. I think the most of. Um, when I started, I used to perform "Perfect Isn't Easy" mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, when I did, when I won New York's Next Top Drag Queen at the mm -hmm. Metropolitan Room. My opening number uh, for the first night was uh, Journey to the Past. Okay. 
Um, so I've done that multiple times. And then recently I started doing, I've started singing One Less Angel from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've performed that. I'll actually be performing that at my show, on my show. Too. Nice. So, um, yeah, I had that arranged for me because they have yet to, to, to build a karaoke track. So I might actually be maybe one of possibly three people in the world who has a track for that song. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, um, nice. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Yaz Fukuoka did that for me. He's amazing, by the way. Look him up, people, if you need anything musical. He's amazing. Um, but I don't think I ever had, I've never really had a request. Uh, Hope Monica, a grand fan of ours, you probably know her or, mm-hmm. like, or heard of her because she is an icon. Uh, she really seems to love my standards. Um, there are many times when she's at her at, at my shows, which is pretty much all of them, because that's just who that gal is, uh, her and Bruce. Um, she is like, I can see her kind of singing along with some of my songs. Uh, I, uh, just in Time, uh, you know, like a, the Frank Sinatra version yeah. of that I sang, and she was, she was eating that up. I remember I sang that, I think I was at um, doing Jackie's show for okay. that, her, when she won All Stars. Um, uh, so you think you could drag all stars? Right, right, right. <laughs> I had to not, differentiate now. Not, not the drag race <laughs> one yet, yet, yet. We don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I. Um, so I guess maybe rather than having a signature song, it would be more like having a signature style. People are sure. Kind of now, with the, with that style, where do you go for inspiration when you select your music? Um, is it from nostalgia? Is it doing more research or it's I so of course, because I am truly obsessed. It's, you know, as a sidebar, it's interesting that I'm so in love with an era that was so discriminatory, mm-hmm. backward, and racially oppressive. Um, so it's like, there's, I, I'm, I'm having like little battles with that myself because I'm like this vintage queen. Um, but I love the fashion of that time. And in, in all actuality, if people really discover and research fashion of the fifties, uh, women of color really, I think women of color have always pioneered fashion, but yeah. you know, they really sort of pushed the, the beauty image back then um so but i that nostalgia that 50s feel i want to go somewhere else and in my idealistic brain i like the 50s i have is everyone loves each other and we're that wasn't the 50s you know what i mean even though that was the 50s we know i'm not denying <laughs> we all know um but like it was really just my love for barbie vintage Barbie, mm-hmm. um, you know, the kind of songs that come out of that era. Um, I love orchestra. I love yeah. orchestrations. I love that, you know, back in the day that was pop music and you had a 50-piece orchestra doing sure. your pop song. So it was just such a unique time in terms of music and fashion so i want to take people back to a time 
that, you know, doesn't really exist anymore, at least in terms of the look and the feel. Yeah. Um, maybe in a small sense, I'm trying to kind of like bring a positive thing out of that time period more uh, because it was, geez, Louise, so oppressive. I mean, ugh, we're oppressed now still and we're supposed to be free. Yeah. It's like, so imagine what it was like back then. And I don't even wear an Iron Maiden corset. Those poor ladies had to, they were strapped in. I mean, ribs were breaking. Yeah. So we're going to play the Cameo Game Show. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small mm -hmm. price. Yeah. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. <laughs> That's right? great. Okay. Okay, so, let's go. First let's off, we have Susan Egan or Jonathan Freeman. So we got Belle or Jafar. Who costs more? Oh, you're a sneaky little one, aren't you? I got some fun ones on here. Um, I'm going to have to say Jonathan Freeman. Jonathan Freeman is $50. Susan Egan is $85. Susan? <gasps> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, girl, you're worth it. Come on, girl. Next, we have Ernie Sabella, the voice of Pumbaa, mm -hmm. or Jesse Cordy, the voice of LeFou. I think it's the voice of Pumbaa. Yeah. Ernie Sabella, $55. Jesse Cordy, $50. Wow. Yeah. Next up, we got um, some uh, Disney voices, but also Broadway stars. Either Roger Bart or Donna Murphy. Donna Murphy? Yeah, Donna Murphy. $100. Uh, $75 for Roger Bart. Donna, I love you, bitch. Yeah. I, like, come on, girl. Next, we're going to do some Broadway. We got Patty Murin or Carrie Butler. Carrie Butler? Yep, Carrie Butler, $60. Patty Murin, $40. This matchup is the first outs on um, International Drag Race. So we have Juicebox from Canada's Drag Race or Gothy Kendall from Drag Race UK. I'm going to say Gothy Kendall. It's actually a trick question. They're both $30. Oh, okay. again, mm -hmm. sneaky. Yeah. We got two winners here for you. Land Insider or The Vivian. Landon? Landon is $45. The Vivian is $75. Oh. So I think that there's some, there's, I think it should be reversed, but. <laughs> Tell Land us how you really feel. <laughs> Landon Sider is a legend. Uh, speaking of drag legends, Varla Jean Merman or Jackie Beat? Wow. Okay, that's a, that's a real hard one. I'm only going to say Marla because I feel like I've got like, I've gotten a couple of vibe from vibes from Marla in terms of my inspiration. Bar Varla, mm -hmm. she's a, she's you know, yeah, she's very vintagey, and a Mar redhead. Yeah, Varla Jean Merman, fifty dollars. Jackie beat twenty five dollars. Wow, Jackie. Mm -hmm. Jackie, I think you could charge more though, girl. You're pretty. Yeah. Pretty, she's a light pretty icon. Famous, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Next, we have some uh, drag race girls from New York. It's either Alexis Michelle or Sugar Kane. 
Alexis? Alexis is 45. Sugar is 60. <gasps> I'm going to have to have a talk with Alexis. Yeah. We're going to have to have a chit chat. It's like, I know you, girl. I know you. I know you know you're worth more than that. <laughs> Next, we have Britta Filter or her co host, Jasmine Rice LaBeja. I'm going to say Britta. Yeah, Britta. $35. Jasmine at 20 Wow. Mm hmm. Next That's we have... That's not surprising for Jasmine because, right? again, Beesh, so, so baroche, fierce. Like... Yeah. Right. I'm going to get you in a little trouble. Okay. Chelsea Pierce or Paige Turner? Paige? They're actually both $20. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like, because yeah. both of them really could definitely charge and expect to charge more because well first off i'm biased because i love them both <laughs> yeah <deeply>. well um, <laughs> for this last question i always ask um i'll give you a name and you have to tell me how much you can get a cameo from courtney conquers for how much i can get a cameo from courtney conquers yep because you can she's on cameo Twenty-five. 15 15 you can get it for $15 oh yeah we, again, we I'll have to have a talk with her too <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of work.com related things you are the face of backstage Barry oh you well, I mean Barry <laughs> yeah I mean how how did this opportunity come about Siobhan she literally came backstage uh yeah, she she came backstage and we were talking about um, things that we could do together. She she kind of and she she rolled the idea around. Uh, she she like kind of talked to Paige about it, asked her what she kind of thought, and she, Paige was like, "Oh my god, that is perfect for strawberry." Um, so yeah, Chiffon, really, it was, it was her brainchild. She was the one that was like, let's do this, you know? Um, like you're personable and something I was actually talking to my fiance about not that long ago was I just realized, oh my God, excuse me. You probably heard that one. No, I didn't. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> good. Um, we were talking recently about how, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought because I just I belched everywhere and I don't even We were talking about how we were talking about how the show came across. Oh yes. I don't I never really write questions down. Um Unlike we, me who has three pages of questions ready to go. Usually just kind of, you know, there there will be specific things like to promote or talk about sure. that we need to remember. Um but other than that, it's just like shooting the shit. And I think that's probably part of the success of what we do with Backstage Barry because it's just, it's a kiki. And yeah. um, I think that it makes it easier for me because the questions just roll out. I mean, yeah. you know, now I'm going to say if I had something like this, what you're doing, like Block Talk, I would definitely have pages of questions. Yeah. So, you know, but I feel one of the, the things that makes the backstage Barry situation as authentic as it is, is the fact that we just roll in there and just do it. Yeah. Um, I've also found that it's so funny that people are afraid to get interviewed. They get so It's nervous. true. It's, it really is and true. And I'm like, 
I am literally the last person in this entire city you should ever be afraid of. Because yeah. I ain't coming for you or your gig, and I love every. That's why I do what I do. I love experiencing all the drag as much as I can and talk to all those gals. So you don't have to be afraid of me. Yeah, I mean, I've had so many times when well, I have a guest on, they're sitting here before we record, like, I'm really nervous, I've never done an interview. I'm like, it's fine, relax, it'll be cool. And then afterwards, like, that was so easy. It's like, yeah, it's, it's this fun. Is, this is, yeah, we're, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do gotcha journalism here. It's not my thing. No yeah. one wants to do that. If, if that episode is going to come down one day, cherry pie, get ready. But we're, <laughs> we're, 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 that's not what this is. We're having fun. Yeah, it is the amount of people who have already told me that I should try to reach out to her. I'm like, I'm not touching that one. It's oh, girl, not I'm happening. not. You know, you're not touching that with that guy's dick. Like, no, 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 no. pass, hard so. pass. How many interviews hard have you done pass. so far? I actually, interestingly, just had somebody a stan account like of Sherry's start following me and liking my pictures, mm-hmm. and right underneath it, it says, "Fan of her drag, not of her actions." <laughs> yeah, T T T T. But yeah, how many how many interviews have you done so far? Oh my gosh. Barry? That is so funny. I should have been prepared for that question because uh, you knew it was coming. I okay. So we've done over a hundred videos. I mean, yeah. now that doesn't mean separate interviews because I think that if you went through my videos, Jackie and Paige are like if we were giving awards away, they would be like the the Barry winners because they've both been interviewed the most. Um, <clears throat> I really don't know. I might be able to have my producer look that up. <laughs> how many How many interviews have I done? You know? I think, I think it was like 130 something. It was over, it's over 100. Because uh, I, I was looking on uh, YouTube the other day. I think it's, there's like, because there is a playlist. I think it was like 133 or something. something I cannot like even believe that. And even yeah. if it's the same person, it's like, that's still a night that we went out and yeah. saw your show and did it. Um, Do you have any favorite interviews? Oh my God. Uh, I have so many. Yeah. Um, think so miss miss cracker was one of my mm-hmm. favorites um honest to god really anything with jackie and page yeah is a favorite one of my number one favorites i think is when it was when we it was during one of page's christmas shows <clears throat> and it was like our first half hour interview <laughs> We had to split it into two videos because we were just like, I had had a couple cocktails and we were all just goofing and it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I've also um, interviewed my mother oh, that has fun. not, that has yet to be posted. That I, the, uh, that interview is not, oh, that's been, exciting. that was years ago. That was a couple years ago pride because my mom went to go, my mom went with me uh, to see Paige's pride show at the, the Lord Beachman. And, you know, I don't know if Paige knows this, but when she sings the, uh, her, the, her last number, the, the rainbow yeah. song, my mom was like crying. Aww. And then we interviewed my mom. After, That's awesome. after we interviewed Paige. So that was kind of neat, but we have yet to post that. And I, I really wish we would because I looked so beautiful that night. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, now you don't have to say any names, but off the top of your head, could you? Do you know who your worst guest has been? My worst guest. I don't know if you could actually call my guest because the interview never aired. Okay. So okay. we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've people have always tried to ask me that question. I'm like, I'm not saying, but I'll point I you in the direction. This, um, and, you know, I don't know if they are even, I don't know. I don't know if they would even pick up on this because they're so narcissistic. Uh, but it's somebody that I've worked with for a long time who I just figured would probably like banter with me and yeah. it was deer in headlights so he got yeah, it it happens it happens <laughs> so we are going to play my favorite game everyone's favorite game oh well real quick 220 yeah. oh fine i think it is yeah there you go, there you go. Um, okay so your game your favorite game you said it's, this is it's the favorite game on the podcast it's called tea time where oh. you are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters co-stars friends colleagues people you've worked with interviewed um yeah Ooh, i might we, need another drink for this but... we we use uh, there are a lot of people who are like oh i'm ready to spill the tea and then i say <laughs> and I'm like oh i love that person so i'm excited to see how you do with this <laughs> are you ready out of my career yeah sure we are going to start off with gilda wabbit um well what do you want in terms of tea because well girl, tea that... story whatever you want whatever you think you can share about gilda that you'd like to share Okay, um, <laughs> so when we went to the Austin International Drag Fest, um, there was this super cute boy there that I was like, whoop, diddly ding dong. Um, and I, I, I should have known better because <laughs> I, I walked up to him and I was talking to him and I was just like, oh my God, he is so cute. He, he was just like, so artsy punky yeah. guy. Um, and then I saw Gilda talking to uh, him later. I don't even, I think Gilda was like out of drag and I was in drag. And I walked up to her and I said, I saw him first. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> Without missing a beat, Gilda's like, oh, I already fucked him. I, that is exactly what I thought was going <laughs> to happen. like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, uh, yep. we have yep. a good tucky. Like, I, we, like, we know each other. So I was like, damn. Yep. <laughs> not, yep. not that it matters because I'm, I'm taken and we. Right. Yeah. We, I we mean, are one of those, my, my couple, my, my uh, um, fiance and I are of the gay taboo of monogamy. Whoa, I don't I know, know right? what that is. Get run out of the city. All right, next person we have, Suddenly Seymour. Oh, I don't know if I, I don't have tea on her, but. We can tell nice stories too. You know, I, I don't know if I have any like stories, but I can comment on uh, one of the things that I love about Sutton is that I love one of her phrases. It's like, if you don't get the, if you don't get the joke, get educated. Mm -hmm. And she's such a, she's such a fireball that way. Yeah. I do remember when I was doing a, a, um, a show with her, I was doing a, a, a Broadway Mondays with her 
um, we were doing the pre-video that she does and it was during drag race time and I like accidentally <laughs> spoilered like the <laughs> whole thing. Oops. Like the episode. So she was like, hey, wait, whoa. And she like turns the phone down for a second, like live. She was like, no, wait, no. Okay, well, we can't erase that, but whatever. Cover your ears. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was like, oops, oh God. Because I'm such a noob sometimes when it comes to things. Um, but yeah, that was, that was interesting. But also I, I, I love how, I, I love the, the no fucks to give mm -hmm. uh, with Sutton because this is this is not a hard biz doing what we do. Yeah. So. Next we have someone we mentioned already, Jackie Cox. Mm-hmm. Ah, great story. This is a good one. Oh, okay. good. I like I like stories. This also goes back to what a fucking noob I am. Excuse my French. So one of my favorite gigs I've ever had was when Hope Monica hired me and Jackie to host her birthday celebration down in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I forget what the restaurant was called, but it's it's not that anymore. It's something else. <clears throat> Hell's Kitchen. But, so I, um, so here, this is, this is my MO. When I have, when I'm able to accept a gig, if it works with my schedule, I accept the gig. Mm -hmm. um, maybe this is probably why I'm not more successful, but I'm just not the gal that's like, how much am I making? And uh, you know sure. what I mean? Which I should be as a business person. I should be doing more of that. And I have been a little bit, yeah. but just the fact that it was for hope. Okay. I adore her. And then I was doing it, you know, with Jackie. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's like, that's like eating pizza and having the weight fall off. It's so good to work with her. So it's like, we had this great show tips aplenty so we're back it's we're done the show's over we're back in the back little room <clears throat> the steaming hot room because there was a pizza oven back there <laughs> and jackie is counting the money for the for the, for, for the performance she slides me the the most the most giant stack of bills I've ever received as a human being in my life in cash. And I look down at it and I go, what's this? And mind you, Chiffon is there too, because you know, she was filming the whole thing. And so and she, she drove me there and um, she's back there too. And she's standing there and I'm like, I was like, what's this? Jackie like slowly cranks her head to me and looks at me and says, well, hun, that's called money <laughs> in the U.S. for goods and services. <laughs> I was Funny. like, that's all mine? She's like, yeah, hon. Uh, and she goes, and that's before the actual pay. That's just your tips. I like, Chiffon said to me, she's like, if I, she goes, I wish I had my camera on. Because <laughs> about, like, you about shit yourself five pounds lighter when she handed you that money. That's funny. And the look on her face. It was it was seriously like, oh my god, you're so cute. Like real <laughs> like really. <laughs> All right. Next we have Paige Turner. Um Wow. I'm going through my Paige Turner Rolodex because I've had <laughs> many a moment with, with her. 
Um, can I just say one of my favorite things? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I feel bad saying this because, like, I'm I'm Sweden, okay? I I interview all the queens. I don't necessarily have like a personal opinion on 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 a lot of these performers unless yeah, they're like reprehensible, okay? And we sure. know. Um, I'm just going to say one of my favorite page moments and I'm not going to give super details the people who know this know this but it's when she said well when you're working with that canvas mm -hmm, I hope it mm -hmm. wasn't too polarizing but <laughs> yes that is that is a very iconic moment in uh, New York nightlife um, history yeah, okay. And then if you're going to ask me about Jasmine Rice Labasia, uh my moment for her would be when she left the panel and started eating popcorn. Yes. While it was I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've rewatched that interview many times. I've shown it to many people. It was, because it was like still like when I was like starting, I was in the scene, but not like super in the scene quite yeah. yet. So I knew of things, but I didn't know of all the things. And I was like, oh, this is terrifying. Yeah. This is, um, um, you know, and the thing is, is I, I, I've interviewed, you know, mm -hmm. people, and yeah. um, I, I, I personally have no problems with like anybody unless they literally come for me. You come for me, or people that I love. I'm like a mother hen. I'll claw your fucking eyes yeah. out. But, uh, but I'm, I'm neutral with most people. But I'm sorry, I'm a queen, I'm a queer, and sometimes when you give a good read, you just you give a good read. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but you know, I mean, I've had people try to call me out for the wrinkles in my forehead, uh, but you know, they're going to hell anyway, so it doesn't what? matter. <laughs> All right, so next up we have um, the delightful Juicy Lou. Oh, Juicy. I love Juicy. Yeah. Um, I actually don't have a story about her in terms of, like, tea or anything. I mean, so my experience... So she invited me to do uh, her Freshly Squeeze show because she was right. the winner of my season, which was such a wonderful... First off, honor, because I was so excited to get back up on that stage at New World, because that was just, it's just a fun experience and a fun yeah. environment to perform. Um, and so that, that entire rehearsal process was, process was a complete blast. I, just, I, I probably never had so much fun rehearsing for a show since I've been here. Yeah. I mean, it was such a great experience. Um, but my little thing about Juicy uh, is my my deepest, closest friend that I've known for like 20 years, uh, CJ, I hope he's listening. Um, he was actually there that night for the finale. Uh, he, I didn't know he was there. He came to surprise me. He is a, uh, he works in theater in wardrobe. Mm -hmm. He was on a tour at the time. And I think that they were on like a break or something. And he came, he heard about it. He came and it was a big surprise for me. And that night we went out to get drinks <clears throat> and we were talking about Juicy. And so, and this is the girl that I am. Like, do you really actually think that I gave a shit that she won? Like, she's marvelous. She was so one, I would have voted for her. She was yeah. so damn good. 
So we were actually, we were a little buzzed and we were talking and it was, and all of a sudden, I don't know how it came, but we started going, <laughs> the name on everybody's lips is gonna be juicy. <laughs> yeah. And I swear for almost a year, we sang that song to each other. Justy and I, I don't even think she knows about that. <laughs> well, now she will. She will now. And now she will, I hope, because it was funny. Juicy. <laughs> She's incredible. <laughs> Next up, we have the iconic Heidi Ho. Heidi. Um, Heidi is everything. Like, she... First off, we are uh, we are birthday twinsies. We both oh, really? Yeah, both April 12th. And, so, and then add Missy uh, Mountains to that as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. You're right. I mm -hmm. wish her a happy birthday on yep. that. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the things I loved, ah, so when I did Jackie's show after she won, we, the, the, the two guests were me and Heidi. And um, what, what did she say? She's so funny because people who see me all the time in drag who spend a ton of time with me in drag know that I'm just a, I'm a fidgety gal. Mm -hmm. I'm always checking my upper lip or something. And she's, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I'm paraphrasing here, but if you've ever been to the green room backstage, you, I don't know if you've ever been to the backstage area yeah. of the green uh, or uh, in, at um, New World. New World, yes. Uh, there's a giant mirror right before mm -hmm. you walk out. And so I was having an issue with my upper lip that day, and I was having to powder her down. And uh, <laughs> she walks out, she goes, for Christ's sake, <laughs> stop powdering your lip. It's going to flake off. <laughs> She's like, what are you getting <laughs> ready for? I was like, it's just uneven. She goes, girl, if that was any more even, it would be a canvas. Stop. Like... <laughs> Um, but, and then that was also the day that I, I, I filmed, I tried to film a commercial for, uh, my, an Instagram I was starting, my Hey Doll Instagram, and the video didn't work for some reason, the sound, but we got a picture, a great picture, and Heidi was like, well, where's the video? I was like, it got, it, it, it didn't, it didn't register the audio, and she goes, but the image of the the look that Heidi's giving me in the picture. She's like looking down at me like, uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, some of these things I need to print out and I need to and frame them because yeah. these pictures are amazing that I've caught in this like short span of me working here. Next up is an all-star on our screens right now, Ms. Cracker. Miss Cracker calls me. What is it? The word that she says. I am her favorite schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. She's like she actually during one of our interviews she goes, "Oh, Strawberry looks all innocent, uh, but no, because when I was doing Juicy Show, mm -hmm. I was dating a married couple, and I would, and so like I was." talking to 
Ms. Cracker about it while we were like at the vending machine at the rehearsal studio. And she's like, girl, you're kinky. She's like, really? No. She's like, look at me. She's like, no. And then by the end of that rehearsal process, she's like, you're my favorite schizophrenic. (laughs) And coming from her, that's an ultimate compliment. Like, so I'll take it. Next, we have Ruby Powers. Okay, Ruby, I love you. Okay, but I'm I'm spilling the tea. All right, let's do it. I have to adjust my boobs. So, now, uh, if the audience doesn't know, I have been a member of a little group called We Three Queens. We really usually do, like, Christmas shows uh, at... Uh, we started at Duplex. We ended up at Triad. Hopefully, we'll be there again at some point soon. Um, and soon, I mean by 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was one show. We, we usually did a show for the winter, and then we did a, sh- a summer show. Mm-hmm. And one summer show, I couldn't go out to perform with them because it was the first year of DragCon. <clears throat> sure. So, of course, the work.com team, we were all going to be there and Backstage Barry had to be there. No holds barred, so what else? Um, apparently, Ruby's behavior that weekend was epic. Uh-oh. So we'll just paraphrase here, okay? Um... She ended up going missing. (laughs) Oh, no. The night before the show. Oh, no. She walked around barefoot, apparently, and I guess only underwear or a bathing suit. Oh, no. She couldn't find her room. She ended up sleeping in a storeroom closet. Oh, that's bad. And she went into a person's hotel room to take their blanket. (laughs) This is fun. She's going to kill me. I'm going to get sued. (laughs) Um, You know, it's all part of the fun of her. Like, obviously, she was fine and, like, she didn't harm anybody. There was a point, though, where I think our our choreographer who who's also like our stage manager slash like executive like produce like he helps produce like he yeah. does the heat uh there was a point where they got a little worried and so the fire department was helping oh, them look for the floodlight <laughs> oh, i can't she was like didn't <laughs> julia at one point was like we were so afraid that they were going to shine the water in the marshes and we we're going to see her body like floating somewhere. Oh, God. And, and I was like, girl, you are a party animal. That's funny. I mean, you know, so, so, so a little bit, I'm kind of jealous a little <laughs> bit. Um, that's epic to me. I mean, yeah. it really is. That's an epic story and everybody should know about that. Yeah, well, she, it, she's brass tacks, bitch. She's got iron balls. You know, I will tell you this: the positive side of that little that little spiel, the big well, well, there's nothing unpositive about that because that's just fabulous. (laughs) Um, She really kind of scraped up her feet. 
uh, walking around on the boardwalk out in Fire Island. And you've been to Fire Island, I'm sure. I have uh, not. I've never been. Oh, you haven't? Uh, I've never well, been. You should experience that at least once before you die. Yeah. Um, but she kind of scraped her feet pretty bad on the wood mm. on the boardwalks. And with, like, bruised and swollen feet, she stuffed those shoes into heels and did the whole show, no complaints, and did an amazing job the next That's day. That's a professional. So, so the moral of the story is for me, okay, whatevs, you did what you did, but A, you didn't hurt anybody, still alive, word, and the show must go on. It's so true. for me, she's a national hero. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's see if you have a story that can top that with Julia Van Cartier. No comment. <laughs> Uh-oh. And that alone should just tell you everything. <laughs> yep, there we go. There's the tea. There is the tea. All right. Well, we have one last one to see if you have any tea for Miss Chiffon Dior. There's literally nothing anybody can say negative about. I know, right? Yeah, it's it's actually impossible. Like, I mean, so and like again, like you said, not all tea is negative. Um, I'm trying to think. One of the things I I love about Siobhan is that she gets things done. Yeah. Regardless of what is going on. And she has a lot of big responsibilities in her personal life. We all do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Chiffon exceeds what uh, most normal people in the world ever really have to go through, period. Yeah. So she's just paved a path of positivity for herself for the rest of her life, for, in my eyes. Um, but I, like one of the best things, like one of my favorite experiences with Chiffon was going to Austin mm -hmm. because we've, we've never done anything like that. Right. That was our first time. Uh, that was our first time actually her meeting a lot of the work.com staff. Because one, okay, so this, I guess this is what I could say about her. Chiffon is so enigmatic and loving that she can make genuine, positive, real functioning relationships with people she has physically never met. Yeah. Um, so Spencer is the fashion guy, Spencer's Burger Beat. Uh, he was the um I, when i met him and his girlfriend with chiffon i had no idea that they had never met before yeah i thought that chiffon had met him and you know because of how much she knew about him like how well she knew him yeah and and the way they spoke with each other at the table i was i had just assumed you know they had met and then later I find out that I think that that was like maybe Spencer's second, maybe first or second trip to New York ever. Oh, wow. So it would have been, 
impossible for them to have met before. Sure. And I, when I realized that they had never met, it blew my mind. Now, Sydney. Sydney is, he, they both live in LA, Sydney and Spencer, <clears throat> work together. They're like, they're like the uh, West Coast chiffon and strawberry only, you know, Sydney doesn't get into drag. Right. Or full drag. He'll wear like a sparkly piece of jewelry here and there, which is fabulous. But yeah, I digress. Um, so they're like the, the West Coast version of us. Or basically, since they did it before us, we're the West Coast version of them. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, um, but meeting uh, uh, Sydney at Austin International Drag He's known Sydney. He's known Sydney longer than anyone there, and that was the first time Siobhan met Sydney. Was at International Drag Fest, and and that is what Siobhan does. That's who Siobhan is. Bringing people together. I mean, for God's sake, the work.com is part of you know the library of congress yeah it's about bringing people together and being such a genuine person you would never know that she'd never met those people yeah. um physically but it's about maintaining the relationships it's about um you know you strike up a relationship with somebody if you really want that to be beneficial to you professionally and personally you keep it up you 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 pay attention and it's shocking like yeah. and that and that will keep happening so that's the thing for me is that like every time i meet somebody new through chiffon i have to now make sure it's like okay so is this your first time meeting this person <laughs> no because like i will talk to these people as if the two of them have like been to brunch together before right. you know so um and that is such a unique quality. I actually, honest to God, I've never met anyone else in my life who had that quality. That's so deeply and utterly rare, and it speaks to the level of kindness and the ingenuity that Chiffon has. Yeah. People really i mean the person who really should be famous here is Schwab. yeah you know i don't think that most of these queens in this country slash world know how much she does for this community how much she supports this community and i'm not just talking the drag community i'm talking all of us yes the poc trans everyone I just don't know a person who does that, who is that way. It's, you know, and, and don't try to tell her that because she'll never believe it. But I'll tell you right now, one of the best fucking people I have ever had the honor to know and love. Yeah, it's great. So that's my tea on Siobhan Dior. I love it. People. I love it. I think one, and just a cherry on top of that, I think people, um, and they know who they are because the people who matter and love her already respect her for who she is because they should and they know yeah the people who have not gotten on that train yet need to get on that train it's true because um i know personally firsthand 
chiffon dior can make or break your career depending on who you are and what you want to do yeah it's true she's wonderful she's incredible so there we go love bomb for you chiffon you're amazing what would you say is the importance of social media in the drag scene today uh what was that the 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 importance of social media in the drag scene. So today, currently, like like COVID today, it means more than, yeah. than it used to be, sure. Um, I think that drag and social media is extremely important because we get lost in our New York bubble. Yeah. And I think to myself, think of who you were when you were a kid and you were living in Ohio and you didn't have those voices at that time for me. Now, because we have those voices, there's generations of kids that can look at themselves, look at the internet and be attuned to who they are a little bit more because yeah. you're now seeing the existence of of those folks the right. person that you thought was so out of context in the environment where you are there's a whole group of those folks out there that want to welcome you into that family and they would know it if it hadn't been for social media um you know at the end of the day, I know social media can be so toxic, but I think nine times out of 10, it's, it's a very positive medium. Yeah. Because we don't get too, like, like I said, in the 90s, I didn't get to express myself as right. I wanted to. And I came out at 15 in high school. So... You couldn't get much more expressive than that in Bellbrook, Ohio. Um, if I had had the public imagery and connection that the kids do now, back yeah. then, I would have felt more legitimized. I would have felt more legitimized. And, 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 and legitimacy sometimes really affects your mental state, where you want to go and who you want to be. Yeah. So I think that it's social media at the end of the day is more of a positive thing than a negative thing um, okay. anything positive and negative you Absolutely. know i could be an acid tongue witch on on backstage berry and i why i don't want to it's yeah. not it's not fun that's uh, you don't meet people and make friends that way and i have no interest in it I, yeah. so you know being able to open your computer and go to various pages and see people like you is supremely important and developmental. Yeah. I think. Um, and I hope it, I hope that it continues to be positive because I think that us as performers uh, and that's not just drag queens. It, it's all per people who are in the entertainment sure. industry. I think that we've really stepped up our game because what has kept people alive, literally alive, 
during this COVID-19 pandemic have been the arts. Absolutely. Your favorite movies, your favorite music, your favorite books, your favorite artists, you know, the people that you purchased paintings and, you know, you bought that $1,500 painting that hangs in your apartment. Have you ever just sat and looked at the beauty of it? Now yeah. you can't because what else are you going to do? It's true. Art has saved us it's and true. we are part of that. We are part of the art. And you can see that more. Yeah, I agree. If you would pick one person to do on Snatch Game, who would it be? That's a great question. Um, okay, so I have two people. Okay, go for it. Both are redheads. Shocking. I think obviously one, uh, the obvious one is Lucy. Yes. Um, but I'd like to do Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. That's fun. Yeah, I don't know, but you're not allowed to do fixed characters. You're not are allowed. You? To, no, you're not. Uh, who knows anymore? Not who supposed to. Um. Well, if I had my actual choice, though, I'd do Barbie. Yeah. Because I, I'd kill doing Barbie, and it would be the first and only time anybody would really see me as a mom. There you go. Which is technically not true because if you scour the internet, I had like a they exist, first they exist. Time, I had a lot a light wig here, here, and there. <laughs> um, if you had to pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on the Amazing Race, who would it be? Jackie Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she'd be good on that show. Oh yeah, and she's so likable and so just. So, which of the two of you is going to be eating the weird stuff? Who's going to be jumping off of the buildings? Is, is it all her? Is that what we're learning? No, actually. No, it's going to be you? Um, I think it would be a good 50-50. Okay, like, so okay, if, okay. I, if I was honored to have her be on The Amazing Race with me, I would, I'd eat some dirty shit. I'd, yeah. Not real shit. Like, but I'd <laughs> eat some meal bugs or, like, a spider yeah. or something as long as it's not going to get, like, poisoned. Uh she'd have to be jumping off the high stuff because I have a little bit of a heights issue. All right, all right. Okay. Um, but depending, I could jump. Depending. Yeah. All right, you know. all right. Um, sure. But yeah, I think that mainly because I just think we would have a shitastically fantastic time. Yeah, like, good TV. Goofing around. Yeah. Trying to keep our wigs on. <laughs> so we're going to do the pop five rapid fire where I'm going to give you five pop culture things, events, current events, and you're just going to say whatever you want about them, word, phrase, story, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. So the first one is Drag Race All-Stars 5. Ah, you're not watching? I've never seen... Oh, God, I'm going to die. Oh, no. I've never seen a single episode of All-Stars. Okay. Of any That's season. That's fair. Um, I know, I'm a, bad, I'm a bad queen. It's just, it's not right. But you put Jackie on All Stars, and I'll certainly watch. <laughs> well, Crack Cracker is on this current season. She's doing pretty damn well. Oh yeah, she is. Mm -hmm. She is. I don't necessarily. I've heard about her cut, though. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's been a very interesting edit. Well, number two is Tony nominee Nick Cordero passes away from COVID nineteen. That's tragic. And you know the thing that absolutely breaks my heart about it is he was only one year older than me. Yeah. Um, the picture of health 
uh, a new father. Um, and then one of the things that really takes it home to me that brings it home is that <clears throat> I understand that we all want to get out. Yeah. Right. We we're no longer in the kind of quarantine that we were. We don't have the stay at home order. Right. Okay? Um, but we all know as people that staying home is better than going out. And if yep. you're going out, you wear a mask. So they they've changed that now. It's not stay home. Blank, blank. It's now wear a right. mask, get tested, stay safe. Right. Um, <clears throat> It's stories like that that I like to bring to the light of day to folks like my parents who live in Ohio, uh, where people aren't taking such strenuous conditions to yeah. protect themselves from this. There's parties going on, there's barbecues going on, and this is a man who made his career on Broadway as a singer and dancer who had to have, who suffered for almost over 90 days, yep. suffered horribly, had an amputation and then passed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, leaving his wife and son. And I hear, I hear these things, I see these stories and then it's just like, oh, now do you believe me? Now do you understand how serious this is? You know, I know you want to leave. I know you want to do this, that, and the other. But I think right now, the most intelligent, logical, adult, responsible thing is to stay home. Because yeah. he was following the guidelines. Correct. And from the reports that I have recently seen, and this, is, may have, this may have been since then proven wrong, but from what I heard was that he believes or his wife believes that he got it on a plane <clears throat> coming home mm -hmm. wearing a mask doing all the safety procedures yeah. and he got it i mean a deadly deadly virus and yeah. it's heartbreaking um so i wish that like i wish people would really take that to heart not just post their condolences and their personal experiences with the man but also remind people within those posts of how seriously dangerous this is yeah he was the picture of health he was and now tragedy yeah number three we have the disney parks reopening bad idea and I'm not just saying that because I'm bitter about my Disney uh, 40th vacation being canceled due to COVID. Uh, I'm saying that because it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, it's not in their best interest. Yeah, I think I... it's cute that they're like, oh, well, we're only opening for the residents. I was like, girl, it's the residents you that have that are infected. Yeah. Yeah, I keep I watching... Disney blogs like vlogs like on youtube i and, do too uh, every day who do you watch do you watch oh, like, a lot of them I, tim tracker all years.net prince charming jet dev i can't stand him oh my god so i can't stand I, him now here's the thing i actually like him a lot he's so I, fake to me 
I think he's a positive person, but my thing with him is stay inside. Yeah. What are you doing? You're living in like the most active epicenter of this entire thing right now. Your girlfriend has MS. Babe, maybe yeah. you should rethink going to, I don't know, the Lego hotel that doesn't require a mask. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. Uh, but, you know, Mickey Views News, they're pretty accurate. I they're love pretty good. They're pretty good. I love me some uh, Brayden, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a cutie pie. He's a cutie pie, and he got a good hairstylist, finally. <laughs> you want to hear something real funny? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, just on that, on that little side note about Brayden. Brayden's like, it's so funny to me that I, I'm getting all of my very accurate information from this like 19 slash 20 year old yep. boy. Uh, I was interviewing Fifi Dubois mm-hmm. at uh, the last uh, DragCon. And at the end of the interview, I said, shout outs to Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> and Chiffon didn't even notice it until she was editing the video. And she That's goes, funny. Oh, did you just say shout outs to Brayden? <laughs> That's funny. Lame. But I'm a geek. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we. Uh, yeah, we follow those. Yeah. Well, speaking of more um, COVID-related things, the uh, Fire Island funness of Fourth of July weekend. You mean the uh, Pines Petri Dish Party? Yeah. The meat wrap. Um. Yes. I. Uh, yeah. Dumb. What? Dumb. Like really? Dumb. Why are you? Tempting fate. I, I, I don't understand. It's dumb. Um, it's like, because here's the thing. Girl, I've been to Fire Island. I know what Fire Island's about. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not just going out there to get a nice tan. Okay? You're hunting some things, and those things have testicles. Yes. Uh, so it's not only just an issue of the people there just mindlessly and ignorantly first off okay you know what i'll say this wearing a mask or not social distance or not you're going out there was ignorant period mm-hmm. now i love you i've got a couple of friends and and subscribers and you know etc uh that not gonna make big judgments on as people because they are human beings, but stupid. You should have canceled that trip. Was your 4th of July out in Fire Island that important? Even if you socially distance, and people can't see, but I'm using a nailed quotation mark. uh, I honestly, I don't get it. Why? And the funny thing is, is when I saw that first picture, that picture that that ignorant ass boy who should just be forced off of Manhattan Island or what? No, he doesn't even live in Manhattan. He lives with his parents. That that disgusting kid. Uh, I don't. I, I can't even say his name because it would probably make my skin turn green. But his mom was like at chemo. She's seventy. She just got off like a second course of chemo. Yeah. His brother or something like is preventing him from moving back in. That's all online. If you guys dumb, want to dumb. look that up, but like, 
just the people that I know that went out there that weekend, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, really? I thought that we, just like in, you know, this is as good as it gets, I thought you guys were supposed to be sensitive and intelligent. It's like, yeah. as, as gay men. Yep. Are you joking? It was unfortunate to just see all these photos. And, like, I, knew, I did know people who were there as well. And I kind of asked a couple of people, I'm like, is this what it all was? They're like, no, 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 no. The beach was fine. Everyone was fine. I was like, okay, but, like, why is this coming out like this? Yeah. I'm not trying to pass judgment on you. You went. You were there. You, had, you took your pictures. It's fine. But we're getting reports. You're about to get dragged into this. So defend yourself and tell us we were, we're seeing things that are wrong. But fortunately, yeah. we were not. Yeah, wait for that surge, guys. We yeah. just have a, we have got about now another more week before we see the repercussions of that activity. Yep. And I hope those boys had a lovely time out there because we yeah. all know that what was that one boy's name? I'm sorry, Corey oh, Hannon. Corey Hannon is that that kid's name? Yeah, I think so. Uh, like yeah, the one that called all of us uh, disgusting trolls. It's like yep. I hope that was a fun trip for you on Fire Island because you aren't welcome back. PJ yep. said so himself in the letter. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're not powerful just because you're young, have abs, and are blonde. Like, sorry, like you are subject to everyone else's law. Right. You're not above it. Yeah. And other people's personal health should be everyone's concern. And yeah. for you to overlook the safety of other human beings you're just a super spreader and revolting yeah all right number five of our pop five rapid fire hamilton on disney plus hmm so i uh -oh. saw it live yes me too that was enough for me all right that's um, fine I'm gonna get dragged. Like, here's the thing. I got so dragged with with uh, Hamilton. My best friend worked on Hamilton Chicago. He opened that show in the wardrobe department. He was like head of wardrobe. Like, uh, 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 he was assistant to head of wardrobe. So he had a very substantial, important job there. Um, I went to see the show in Chicago. Yeah. It was not my thing. Um, I have to say that the most positive thing I did get out of that experience was when I went to see it, there was a class of high school kids that were there. So being able to watch a show and hear the language that they could understand while getting accurate historical representation or as accurate as you can as within, correct 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 because we got that, that movement already yeah, being like within that rap world like because you yeah. know everything has to be you know changed i mean dramatized example, yeah, it's hard it's it's everything has to be changed well it's um yeah for me it, it it's just it's just so i don't know yeah one of the things that cracks me up is that do you like Hamilton? Well, I don't like the music. Oh, well, You're you, not gonna like Hamilton. you have to see it live. All right. This is what I say to people, okay? Because normally, nine times out of ten, 
unless it's one of my theater friends who I know know me, okay, it's nine times out of ten some person, like some theater newbie who thinks that I've never seen a musical and I've right. never bought a musical album. Let me explain something to America right now. A musical is about the music, right? Correct. Okay, your book can be amazing, all right? Your story can be incredible. But if the music sounds like nails in a chalkboard, why would we go? If you've heard the soundtrack, that's the music. If I don't like the soundtrack, how is it gonna make it different seeing it live? Absolutely. I actually, at the end of the day, feel I have a better judgment sense and, or judgment scale for some of the people who are like, oh, you should go see it live. Actually, how many musicals have you seen live? That's what I ask. As like, because if you have seen, I don't know, Kiss Me Kate, how about Crazy For You? You've seen a live version of, I don't know, The Sound of Music? So you guys can tell me you've seen shows like that. Don't come for me when I say, I don't like the music. Because if I don't like the music, there's nothing on stage you're gonna do that's gonna convince me that that show is better. Now, I don't like the music, it's not my style. Um, it's not my thing. But, you know, at the risk of sounding kind of generic, I think anything that gets asses in the seats for theater is commendable because yes. theater is a dying art. Um, and I, so I applaud that. In my own personal world, my own personal tastes, Hamilton's not for me. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as breakthrough as I thought. I mean, hell girl, I've seen almost all the shows my friends have toured with. And I'll tell you the most edgy thing I think I saw was Sister Act. Okay, okay. All and right. that's not edgy. No, 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 no. All right. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I, I've seen Hamilton twice. I saw it once. Um, one of the understudies got me a cheap ticket, so I got to go see it. The second time, um, I actually got to, I was invited as press to go to one of the um, high school um, uh, presentations. So it was literally filled with high schoolers. And before they get to see the show, they, um, some of the students are invited on stage to get to do like a little presentation because they learn it in, in school. So we got to be there to watch that. And like all the kids are freaking out because at that time, Jordan Fisher uh, was in the show and they're freaking out because they love him from the Disney Channel, blah, 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 blah. But it was empowering to see how musical theater can really affect a new generation. And that is, and is important. Again, like I said, that's yeah. the one thing that I will appreciate. I can dog it all I want for my own personal feelings. Yeah. It's not a garbage show, people. No. That's not what I'm saying. It, it, it's it, just, the hype is a little exaggerated. A little much. And Lin-Manuel, I love you, babe. I love you. I think you're hot. You uh, really should rethink being on stage. I agree. I agree. I mean, sometimes I feel like Maybe you might want to cast somebody else. You're a great writer. You did this show. Listen, Javier Munez was incredible. He, he lost an opportunity to get a Tony nomination because Lynn was selfish to be in the show. Yeah. Same. And, you know, I mean, I have to say that 
uh, In the Heights was more of a performance that I really could because it's his story. It's his story. Yes, and and, and, yeah, you're right. Yes, Um, but in the age of Leonard Dunham, because first off, I I do I I do love his ideals. I I I think that he's you know a very intelligent artist. Sure, and also hot. No, 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 I'm sorry, but I think he's hot. I'm sorry. You think he's a cutie pants? Um, especially playing a that that character that he did in Mary Poppins. What was the name of that guy? I don't. Oh, uh, when they announced him in the show in the movie, I was like, of anybody, uh, of anyone, like, that's the one you pick. Great. Uh, there, there goes another horrible Cockney accent. It wasn't that bad, comparatively. As Dick Van Dyke's. But you yeah. want to know what's so funny is that Dick Van Dyke's accent hasn't had improved by the time that the old one came along. Nope, 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 not at all. <laughs> Compared to when he usually did it. All right, so I have a couple questions from the fans. Um, a couple that you probably have already seen because they were posted on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, but Zahif wants to know where did you learn to do makeup and wig setting? Um, strawberry makeup school and Zoom class. Um. <laughs> So I actually learned how to do hair by doing doll hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all smoke and mirrors because I'm not like some Brian Gonzalez here or Bobby Pins. Like I, um, you know, and interestingly enough, if you really want to know, um, when I first started styling wigs here in New York uh, to do strawberry here, my first tutorial was a bobby pins tutorial Mm -hmm. so uh i learned how to properly roll set my hair rather than just like kind of plain you know throw like throw caution to the wind i had an idea that's like if hair needs to go this way then rollers should go this way like a general idea but learning about blocking learning about things like that I really got a lot of that from Bobby's uh, uh, channel um, yeah. and his his posts. But I initially learned how to do doll hair, I mean hair, by doing doll hair. Mm-hmm. Because this is basically doll hair. I mean, it's yeah, kind of yeah. the same, same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I learned that. And makeup, for me, I, I'm self-taught. I never had a drag mom. Um, I just... Like I said, I think that maybe it, it's because I had the background in art, in animation, and I can draw physically. Okay. So you go, you go from using a blank paper to sure. just your paper now. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen any of um, whenever Blair St. Clair posts uh, her looks or anything. Um, she has a piece of paper that she put um, puts. She makes up the paper first, and that's she does what she shows. Yeah. Girl, she's Blair yeah. Five seconds. <laughs> oh, she's so Is that adorable. The same face that she had when she first. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. That first confessional in All Stars Five was like, "Whoa, your lips are big. They're big." Uh, and, and like her nose, it was like her yeah. nose is already so tiny. It was like maybe it's just because her lips are bigger. I think it's the lips. I think it's the lips. Yeah, yeah. it's like, but girl, girl, yeah. girlfriend, ooh, ooh, you're only yeah. in your twenties. You don't need Botox. Yeah. Well, Zahif also had another question for you. A little birdie told me you're engaged. Who's the lucky guy? I am engaged. I got engaged uh, in December on Christmas Day to uh, my fiance Andre. He is a Russian man. 
<laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, we've been now, we'll, we'll have been together for two years coming up on, what is it? The t- right after the show, the 20th, the day after the show. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so two years. Well, congratulations. Thank you. It's um, been a fun ride. Yeah, I can imagine. This next question is from uh, legendary funny lady uh, Devin Green. Um, Devin would first like to know what was your first Barbie and what is your dream Barbie? Okay. My very first Barbie was <laughs> it was gift uh, uh, gift giving Barbie. Okay. okay. Uh, which I find so funny because I'm positive now. So my first uh the first Barbie I was supposed to get was actually originally supposed to be country western Barbie. Okay. And my my grandpa, my popo, my mother's father, uh, took us into I think it was Kmart, and he said we could get whatever we wanted, and I wanted the Barbie. But I took the Barbie doll out of the box, like in the car. And my grandpa didn't really understand that the doll's legs, they bend. And so oh, in no. order for them to bend, there has to be a release valve in the factory from like the apparatus that the mold goes around for them to actually pop and click to bend. Right. So it left these little tiny holes in the bottoms of the doll's feet. Mm-hmm. Well, my Popo had only had experience with the old dolls, like the one doll that my mom had. She only had one Barbie, and it was a bubble cut Barbie, and she had no bend legs. It was the same straight, solid plastic leg. So my grandpa thought it was a defect. Oh, no. So he took us back into that store and made a manager, like, pop open the bottoms of boxes so so we could find one that didn't have holes in the feet which technically meant that was the one with the, the, the defects oh wow that's funny <laughs> but that doll that ended up did not having feet uh holes at the bottom of her feet was my was my gift giving barbie she had a nice. necklace for you so ironically i went from the most masculine barbie country western she had a red plaid shirt on and a country western hat and like rolled up jeans and boots to gift-giving Barbie who had layers of pink and purple chiffon. <laughs> and then your dream Barbie? Dream Barbie? Because, I mean, how, how many do you have in your collection at this point? Well, Barbies, dolls altogether, yeah. that's another story. Barbie herself, I probably have... Maybe, I mean, it's, it's actually a lot lower a number than people would think. I probably have maybe 40. Okay, not bad. 50. That's a nice collection. But, yeah, but that doesn't, we're not the talking dolls, about the, the other dolls. dolls I have, too. So, uh, but um, I've given a lot of the Playline dolls away. What would be, my dream Barbie would be, um, sorry, this is my phone. My dream Barbie would probably be. That does it have to be one that exists, or no. can? Um, you can will it into existence. I wish. Actually, uh, okay. So, uh, 
so this is also kind of goes back into like uh, something else, uh, 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 some, something that uh, uh, Chiffon actually asked me. She was like, if, if, if Michael asks you, who would you want to interview, like that you haven't interviewed, yeah. who would it be? And mine would be Bill Greening, who is a senior designer at Mattel for Barbie. And one of the reasons why is because he created a, a collection called the Willows, Wisconsin collection. Okay. And it's a series of dolls that are all very 1950s vintage themed with various names. My favorite being Cherry Pie Picnic. Oh, cute. <laughs> um, she's, uh, and I own her. Um, my dream Barbie, though, then would be like, a basic honey blonde ponytail Barbie with all of those costumes that he created for that collection. Because cool. he created a prom queen, he created a soda shop, um, then the, the cherry pie picnic. There were a couple of outfits, so it's like that would be my dream collection for her to have that that whole collection, but just in outfits and then the one singular doll. Yeah. Because that's like something that sometimes I feel like these collect these people know how we are as collectors. They know we'll just keep buying another exactly. doll, another doll because they have new hair. They don't trust us. Like, well, I can put her hair in pigtails myself. Yep. <gasps> just give me yep. the outfit. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a great dream for me to have the entire Willows, Wisconsin collection just in outfits, and then That'd have cool. like you know some specialty Barbie that goes with it. As long as Bill Greening designed it, because. He's fierce. Yeah. And one other question from Devin Green. Um, would you change your name if you became allergic to strawberries or live with the irony? I'd live with the irony, girl. <laughs> Only Devin. Only Devin. God, these questions. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a freaking genius. I love her. And she's Seriously. another one doing um, a Pride Fest show. Yeah, she is. She's a gem. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're actually, I got it. We're getting our tickets tonight for her show. I already got my tickets. I, I would be I'm excited. If I um, missed that. Yeah, I, th this quarantine has been, um, I would actually say, very much circulated around Devin Green and Welcome to My Home Part Two. Um, me and my buddy, um, he's obsessed with it, can actually put it on mute and act, know it word for word in beat by beat. That's how much he's obsessed with <laughs> this um incredible video but i've got I, I i've gotten my mother watching her videos now so funny so she's because when i told her i was doing digital pride uh best i was like you know there's these big names that are doing it like so-and-so so-and-so devin green and devin would love this um so my mom she, she she's like oh devin's so pretty now um devin's a woman i was like well um i don't know you have to ask her it depends on the day i'm sure because <laughs> you know Devin herself is like well i'm pretty much six seconds away from a drag queen myself so yeah you know um but you know what's so funny is that i actually found out uh that friends of mine from columbus uh they love her and watch her and my sister 
has watched a couple of her yeah. things inadvertently. So so good. She, I she, mean, she's around the world. I'm I'm optimistic when the world is better that we can convince Devin to do a New York show. Finally, it needs to happen. Oh yeah, I mean what? But like, here's my biggest thing. It's like, why hasn't she gotten her own show, a TV show? I don't know. I, mean, I couldn't tell you. Uh, she's just she's genius she is she's a genius and i mean she needs to be a guest judge in canada's drag race season two she's canadian she's canadian just saying put her on here put her on an episode with jackie cox that's my dream yeah oh that's a duo i'll probably dream that tonight (laughs) so i have my previous guest ask my current guest a question and this is a um my previous guest from before quarantine so Okay. This is a question from Victoria Williams, Miss Rockbar. Oh! Her question for you is, if you got dropped on a deserted island, what would you bring with you and why? And it doesn't have to just be one thing. Uh, let's go three. Three items. Um, well, water. Fresh okay. water. Okay, fresh water. Um... No. Okay, so my fiance is sitting by me right now saying makeup. <laughs> and if I was deserted on an island, uh, I wouldn't need any makeup because I'm not performing for the coconuts. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry, I'd be on an island, so I wouldn't need concealer because I'd be constantly tan. So what else? Um, so water for sure. Uh a generator. Okay. And a laptop. Okay. That would work with the generator. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. Watch my downloaded movies that already exist on the laptop. All right, there's your three items. Love it. Well, now you is can find food. You can find them exactly. wherever you are. There's food somewhere. You know. You're gonna have a lot of coconuts. Yeah, I know. You have a lot of coconuts and wild boars. I don't care. I'm not afraid of blood. (laughs) Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. It can be about anything you want. Um, let's see. Mmm, this is fun. Yeah, I love these. If you could be doing anything other than drag with your life, and drag is something that you, if you could not do drag ever again, what is something that you would would do other than drag? If you were banned from doing drag ever again, what would you do with your life? All right, I like that. That's a fun question to get an answer to. Well, where can we find you on social media? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because, <laughs> you know, you really only have to go to one place. You can find me on uh, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you go to my new website, backstageberry.com, you, could, you can find all the links there. Um, also, my calendar of appearances, you know, so... You know, whenever I'm going from the bathroom to the kitchen, from the kitchen <laughs> to the bedroom, that'll all be there too. Oh, Amazing. and then, of course, you know, the shows that I'm doing online. Um, and it also has a link to my merch page. 
but um, which features the adorable Strawberry Fields tin lunchbox. Oh. It comes in various colors, so uh, you should get them while they still last because that is a hot item. Um, but also, like I said, check out my uh, sync along uh, with uh, in Instagram. You can find all of those. They're all lined up. 30 days of hand washing. My hands are still dry. Um, <laughs> I'm available for weddings and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. Um, yeah. So and then let give us all the information for the strawberry social. So uh, strawberry social is like I said, it's on uh, Sunday, July 19th, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Western. Uh, it's, it's obviously in association with Digital Pride Fest. T tickets are $10. You can get tickets by going to digitalpridefest.com and look for the strawberry social or just go to strawberryshow.com and uh, you know follow the uh, the links that will take you actually directly to the, the ticket uh, page so for my show so that's yeah that's really it technology we love it technology I mean let me tell you something if my mother and father can purchase tickets to internet shows <laughs> and then come to the zoom like you know cocktail lounge afterwards without any technological problems you can do it too, millennials. Mm-hmm. It's true. It is so true. Well, Strawberry, this was an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you. I cannot even. Like, you are so special. I love what you do here. Thank you. You're always such a positive presence when we see you out and about. Um, it's, it's a joy to have someone like you just be so into what we do and have you be a part of our fan base because you know you you spread the word you spread the good word girl i try i try my best and um you know there's only one block talk girl <laughs> that is the truth other people can try okay they can try and talk rye but they will fail there's it is only so true. one block talk right okay. here well right strawberry there. thank okay. you so much for chatting Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. And, um, you know, good luck with everything you do. And hopefully next time I'm out and about live, yes. you'll be there. I we can be have there. cocktails. Yes, I will be Woo! there. The biggest thanks to Strawberry for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs> <laughs>